0: Good morning. This morning we're uh, continuing our sermon series called Rise Up. Actually today is the last Sunday in this series and it began on Easter and we were sort of, we've been sort of exploring all the different ways Christ's resurrection impacted the people in scripture and uh, how the echoes and reverberations of his defeat of death have played out in our experience and in our faith. You know, one of the motifs of Scripture, one of the themes of Scripture that is picked up on time and time again is the the theme of light and darkness. And you see it show up in so many places in the Old and New Testament. and, And Jesus was sort of pit against the darkness as he was said to be the light that came into the world. And the ultimate darkness that Jesus came to defeat is the darkness of death. And he defeated death when he rose again. And he defeated sin on the cross, he defeated and secured for himself a victory over all of creation, which we have yet to to fully appreciate and realize, but the echoes of that event still reverberate throughout creation. And so when we think about light and darkness, I think about a text from the Gospel of John, and I want to read this to you, it's from John chapter 3, starting in verse 16. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that who believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, What this passage really talks about is, it talks about how when Jesus came into the world, when light came into the darkness, people sort of stood back from it. They didn't want the darkness to be exposed. And what I love about this verse is at the very end, it talks about that when the true light comes and you see the true light, you can see his works. And it's almost as if Even the light that we bring into the world, it's not almost as if it literally is, the light that we bring to the world is also the light of Christ being carried out in God, meaning that there is no light apart from Jesus. And you you see this play out in a lot of different ways in Scripture, but it all points us to to the end, and, and you see glimpses of what this might mean. Like in Revelation chapter 20, you see a glimpse of the end. It says, and I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And it says, books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the book according to what they had done. And you see this sort of dichotomy of, of faithfulness to the light of Christ, living in the light of Christ, and those who don't live in the light of Christ, and, and what that might mean for us. And Daniel chapter 12 you see some speaking of this as well. It says, And many of those who are asleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. I mean, these, are, these aren't like the coffee mug verses, right? <laughs> we don't share with our friends. Yeah, you're going to rise to everlasting contempt. Sign, sign me up. But what these verses point out, like what Revelation points out, what Daniel is pointing out, even what the Gospels point out, is this tension between the light and the dark, and it's real. It's not imaginary, it's not made up, it's not just something that plays in the background of our life. It's something that we tangibly experience and come in confrontation with as we walk every single day of our life. You know, it's hard sometimes to see the light because it seems at times, the darkness clouds in. The darkness for many of us is very real. It's easy to point out. It's what people talk about. It's what people share. It's what people point to. I mean, think about this last week, for example. I mean, we we plan these, I said this before, we plan these sermon series, like this was planned before Easter. And I had no idea what this week was going to bring. But I think it's easy to point to the things that happened in Day, and just say that's darkness, that's evil, that's brokenness. And what we know to be true as Christians is that, that Jesus is the light that was meant to come into these dark places and dispel these, these things that just tear us down and point to the brokenness. Jesus came to, to give us a hope and to show us a different way. And, and yet, in the, the middle of it all, in the middle of the news cycles, in the middle of everything we see, we, just, we keep getting hammered, it seems, over and over and over again by the darkness. And, and, and it raises some questions, Right? Like, if Jesus is the light of the world, if the light of Christ is present among us and with us, then why does the darkness keep happening? I mean, it's getting to the point where, and I don't mean to sound flippant, but it's like school shootings are almost passe. Like, it, it's happening often enough that it's no longer shocking, right? It's like, oh, Okay. And we, we recognize that it's dark and we see it, but it, the darkness is becoming so pervasive at times that its impact is less and less. And we don't know where to always go or where to turn. And it seems like every time this happens, a, a new fresh dialogue begins about things and this year, it took a, a twist and sorts like, you know, again, the, the gun control debate just sparks up again. Do we control guns? People kill people. Guns don't kill people. You know, we posted on our social media thoughts and prayers and, and I sent out an email saying we should pray for them and, and people respond, thoughts and prayers are pointless. We need real action. We need to do something. We need to rise up. And that's hard. I mean, as, as a person of faith, I mean, I believe thoughts and prayers are powerful, are real. We go to God in a real way and ask him to intervene in the injustice in this world. And yet we still live in a world where there is free will. And, and what is our role in all of this? And so it creates some challenges, Right? I mean, from a theological perspective, from a Christian perspective, it's all kind of a moot point. I mean, Do guns kill people or do people kill people? Why do people create weapons that kill people? Why do we have nuclear weapons? Why do, we, why do we have to fight and have wars and defend ourselves? And why does it mean taking another person's life and so on and so forth? Like, I guess the, the point is, uh, there is the debate is actually more about just how dark are we going to be, not about which one's right. Just how broken are we going to be? I'm kind of reflecting on all the things that have happened over this past week and all the discourse and and just trying to discern what does it mean to be someone who is in the light of Christ and bring light to the darkness. I was reminded of this quote um, from Martin Luther King Jr. He says, darkness cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. So the question is not whether we will be extremists, but what kind of extremists will we be? be, Will we be extremists for hate or for love? Will we be extremists for preservation of injustice or for the extension of justice? In that dramatic scene on Calvary's Hill, three men were crucified. We must never forget that three men were crucified for the same crime, the crime of extremism. Two were extremists for immorality and thus fell below their environment. The other, Jesus Christ, was an extremist for love and truth and goodness and thereby rose above his environment. The nation and the world are in dire need of creative extremists. Mm. What the world needs is real creative extremism. (laughs) The world needs light and the world needs hope. What I love, like I said, I read earlier at the end of this John passage, it says that whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. That is the works that we do that are in the light are carried out in and through God because he is the light. And what I mean when I reflect on this is like, when I, when I read verses like we did earlier in Daniel and in Revelation about this book of life and some being in, some being out, some being deemed as worthy and others not deemed as worthy, the first question that comes to mind is, is it me, Lord? Like, am I good enough? Am I in? Am I faithful enough? Can I do enough? Is there something I should be worried about? Will I be surprised when that book is opened, disappointed, shocked? And the reason why I think about this is because this is how we think, right? We think about all the things that we should be doing, could be doing, might be doing. All the different things we might need to try to do to be faithful or point to truth, or, or be a light. But the problem is, is that when we do this, we actually think of ourselves as the source of the light. We think the light is intrinsic to us, and, and in fact, that's the farthest thing from the truth. We aren't the light. We are the darkness. We are the brokenness and the sin, and, and we are the ones that need the light. We're the ones that need Jesus. Jesus is uh, the light, and the light is external to us until he comes into us through the power of the Holy Spirit and creates something new. And then the good that we do is the light of Christ. Not something we generate ourselves, but something he generates in and through us. And so what we need is hope In Christ we need trust in Christ we need to follow him because to follow him to trust in him to have faith in him to have hope in him is the very means by which light comes into a very dark world and that's what the world needs more of extremists (laughs) Jesus, hope. And when I reflect on all the brokenness in the world, it reminds me a lot of like back in the book of Genesis, the same thing happened. Like there was so much evil and darkness in the world that God saw fit to send the flood. And, and it's kind of reflected on later in scripture about how people were eating and drinking and being married and given in marriage. And it seemed like everything was just a normal day. And then, then it happened much like for the families in Ivalde, it's just a normal day, and then darkness came, evil is present. We're just so busy. Sometimes we miss it. We miss the light of Christ, we miss the opportunity, we miss the moment where we can be extremists for love. And in the midst of all the uncertainty, we do have a hope, and we do have a life, light. I take comfort in words of Daniel, chapter 7. He says, And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away. And his kingdom is one that shall not be destroyed. That is, Jesus, is, when he chose to go to the cross, when he willingly gave up his life, when he stepped into darkness, light, he set in motion something that reverberated into the very end of the age. And that is, he took his place as ruler over all of creation, and this is a creation that under his authority and his dominion and his power and his love will never be destroyed. And so there's this beautiful imagery in the book of Revelation, and this is what resurrection's about. It's not just about our bodily resurrection; it's about all of Earth being restored and resurrected and given life and hope and peace and love the way God intended it to be. And so, when all of creation is resurrected, there's this new Jerusalem, and from this new Jerusalem, it says there's this river of life that flows from it, and. There is no more weeping, no more tears. There's peace and hope and comfort and truth and joy. And the beautiful thing about it is in the middle of this city, there's a light and the light is the Lamb of God, which is Jesus Christ shining forth into the new creation. And we're invited into this space when God calls us to come and to follow, when God comes to us through the Spirit, through baptism, we're invited to be a part of life and light. In John 3:16, it says that God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is true now. Just as it was true when John spoke it, it was true when people were mourning the death of Christ, not knowing what is next. It is true for us when week in and week out things happen and we question, where is the light in all this darkness? What are we to do? Where are we to go? How are we to be? In the middle of all of this, it says that God came not to condemn the world or judge it, but to redeem it, to restore it, to be saved through Him, because He is the light, and in His light, we have have life and light and salvation. And so that's what we do. We go. We go forward bringing the light of Christ, loving, serving, living, and trusting. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.